Our older school-age kids are staying in here with us today. And kiddos, if you received a brightly colored envelope when you came in, um, there's a few things in there, some activities in there. Um, But I encourage you to listen um, to this Easter message. And maybe if an image or a story kind of prompts your imagination, maybe you would draw on one of those sheets of paper or on the envelope itself. Um, Kind of how you see this uh, happening in your own mind. And I would love to see that when the service is over. Um, Easter is a big day for us, is it not? Um, For a couple thousand years, on Black Friday, I mean on Good Friday, people wore black. And on uh, Sunday morning, people wore white. And it's kind of translated into pastels and other colors um, at this point. But And when normally they would greet each other by saying hello or good morning... On Easter, they did not. On Easter, they greeted each other with the phrase, it is risen, he is risen, and you would respond that he is risen indeed. Christ has risen indeed. If you have a Bible, we brought it with you. I I encourage you to go to Romans chapter 8, and we will have uh, these passages on the screen, but I would love for you to see it in the Word. So if you brought one of the old-fashioned paper Bibles like I have, or if you have it on some kind of device, um, I'd encourage you to turn there. Um, for the first couple of years of our church, when people uh, of my generation had uh, their family, their parents and grandparents come visit, I received several notes of how um, discouraging and upset they were to see our church playing on their phones the entire service. I had explained to them, I don't think most of them were playing, I think they were looking hopefully at their uh, Bible app following along with us. Romans 8, and our uh, passage of focus will be in verse 11. Romans 8, chapter, uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 11, a letter of, from Paul to the Roman church. He writes, If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. The word of the Lord. When we look at this passage, it immediately prompts two questions. And I want to handle those two questions today, asking asking them and then answering them. And then at the end, we will look at maybe some application for our lives. How does the resurrection really impact us 2,000 years later? First, did Jesus really raise from the dead? Did he really raise from the dead? Or was this some kind of hoax his early followers seemed to make up? First, did Jesus really raise from the dead? And the second question we have, see this passage we start, or we're reading today starts out with if. The second question is, have we received the Spirit of God to dwell in us? And if so, what difference does that make for our lives? So let's answer those first. Did Jesus really resurrect Can we trust Paul's words here? Was Christianity really founded on this supernatural miracle of the Son of God coming to earth, being born of a virgin, living a sinless life, dying for our sins, resurrecting from the grave? Well, either it's true or it's the greatest hoax in history, a hoax so well planned out by a bunch of uneducated men and fishermen that they nearly convinced the entire known world within a few years decades. But the hoax theory, if you really look at it, really does not fly. When we look at the biblical narrative, 
we see that even his own disciples really didn't believe him at first. The passage that Amy read for us as our scripture reading for today, starting in verse 38 of, um, of Luke 24, says, as they were walking, as they were talking about these things, starting in verse 36, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, why are you so troubled? And why do doubts arise in your heart? See my hands and feet that it is I myself. Touch me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. He showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still disbelieved for joy and were marveling, he said to them, have you anything to eat? He ate a piece of fish in front of them. He says, I'm really here to his disciples. I'm bodily here. I've literally risen from the dead. Touch my hands. Give me something to eat. You aren't daydreaming. I'm not a ghost. I'm really here. All four gospels give this unflattering portrait of what happened when he died and right after he died. His disciples were disheartened, dismayed, disappointed, disillusioned. They had lost their spirit. They weren't encouraged. If anything, they were overwhelmed with discouragement. Their hope in Jesus, the Messiah, had suddenly been crushed on the cross at Friday morning. And suddenly, all of a sudden, the disciples weren't anymore. They saw an empty tomb, which told them their sightings of Jesus weren't just hallucinations. It wasn't just things that they were thinking. They saw a live person which told them the empty tomb was not the result of some body snatching, but of resurrection. Now this is the place we have to start if we're going to ask this very question. Did Jesus really rise from the grave? If the resurrection is really going to make a difference in my life and in your life, you have to start here that it really happened. I think the biggest objection to this event in our culture is a mindset that says or argues that we are educated people, we have a modern scientific worldview, and therefore we can't believe all this. People cannot be raised from the dead. Some might try to argue that back then people had a different worldview. They wanted so badly to believe this that they made it up and believed it. But again, we do not see that from the gospel narrative at all. Verse 37 of Luke 24, Jesus shows up. It says they're startled and frightened. In verse 38, it says they have doubts in their hearts that Jesus addresses. In verse 39, he literally has to show them his scars and let them feel them. Verse 41, they're still just disbelieving. It says for joy. They're still standing back and saying, I just cannot wrap my mind around this, that Jesus has really been resurrected from the grave. You remember Thomas, how we call him Doubting Thomas, a man that was known throughout Scripture for being one of boldness, heading into death sometimes. And we see him, even after all the other disciples say, hey, we saw Jesus, sorry you weren't at the meeting, we saw him. He said, I still will not believe unless I actually touch him. And Jesus answered Thomas's skepticism with such grace. Their worldview in the first century, although maybe more spiritual in nature than ours, didn't allow for bodies to be resurrected. That was not a natural occurrence. If anything, it was the rarest of things. A few days later, Jesus had raised Lazarus from the dead. And in light of that, all the crowds gathered to welcome Jesus in Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. They had seen Jesus raise someone from the dead, and now Jesus himself had been risen. 
If they were prone to believe this, that anyone could just be resurrected from the grave, then why wouldn't they respond with, Jesus, what took you so long? They couldn't believe, as a matter of fact. This is the second time that Peter has seen Jesus, and he is still struggling to believe it. Jesus has to appear to Peter again a week later while they were fishing. There had been dozens of self-proclaimed messiahs around the time of Jesus, and most of them were killed, and their movements just, uh, just died in the process. But none of them claimed that their leader had been resurrected They had two options, kill the revolution or to get a new leader. But Luke brings our attention to several details here. He names, earlier in verse 10, naming the people who saw the empty tombs. He gives us actual names so that when this letter would come out that he wrote for Theophilus, that they could go and meet these people from these cities and they could ask them verified accounts. Hey, did this really happen? The Peter, several others. Paul says it couldn't have been just the close followers either. At one time, uh, he appeared to hundreds, at 500. These accounts were written a few decades after the events. Now, if you heard today that you knew of someone that had been resurrected or raised from the dead in some small remote town near you, if this happened in Blanchard, don't you think the buzz would get around? Don't you think you would check it out? Maybe you would even ask your relatives who live there, hey, did this really happen? Tell me about the time that Jesus was resurrected. On top of that, people would have remembered the sky turning black for hours, the earthquakes 